Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson. Big thanks this week to Justin Southwell and Eve Vitoba holding it down for me last week while I was out of town for my friend's wedding. Guys, appreciate you. And this week, Believe is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to. Join today and make your first sports bet. Use your promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. I know that everybody comes to watch this podcast or listen to this podcast to hear about Oklahoma State football, but there are some times in life where things happen that are just bigger than sports and One of those incidents happened this past weekend on Sunday night. Tragedy struck Charlottesville, Virginia, where three UVA football players were shot and killed by what people are saying was a former UVA football player. Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr. and Deshaun Perry all lost their lives to a senseless act of violence. Two others were injured. I want to say my heart goes out to the families. I want to say thoughts and prayers to the families and the victims, the school, the teammates, but Saying thoughts and prayers just gets exhausting when this seems to happen on a monthly, even weekly basis in the United States. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we're not too disfamiliar or unfamiliar with tragedies as the Oklahoma State uh, family. When you talk about a couple of different plane crash incidents and, of course, just a few years back, there was a homecoming incident. So um, we're just hoping that the whole community can rally together. Um, uh, and of course our thoughts and prayers are with the entire UVA community and especially with the families of those that were involved. Yeah. Um, that's just tough. I, it's, it's one of, one of my biggest fears of something like that happening to, uh, a close family member of mine and, uh, my heart just really goes out to those families affected, friends affected by that. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, we'll, we'll rally around it with you guys, uh, and, and push through, um, hearts are broken for you though. And I know that this is not a political show, but I just, you know, as I already said, it, it gets exhausting saying thoughts and prayers, and this is not the first incident this year or even this month. And I just, I just hope that action comes of this. I, I yeah. don't know if UVA has made a decision about the rest of their season. I think they were still trying to decide about that, but I think everyone would understand either way, if they decided to just cancel it or play in honor of those guys. I mean, your heart just breaks for the family and Justin, you just said it, it's your worst fear and it's become a reality for people. Everyone thinks it's not going to happen to them. And I don't think anyone at UVA expected this tragedy. So we just could not do this show without acknowledging the three victims, the families, the friends, 
their former teammates. Our hearts are with you, and we hope that change comes from this. We will be back to talk Pokes football right after this. Welcome back to the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined once again by Eve Batoba and Justin Southwell. Guys, back in the win column this week, it was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, you predicted it last week that it would be ugly, but a win is a win. Gunnar Gundy with an 83-yard touchdown to John Paul, John Paul Richardson. Like, how are we feeling this week, guys? <laughs> hey, a win's a win. We'll say it over and over. And uh, especially against those guys, Iowa State, any win is good against them. And uh, yeah, Gunnar Gundy, you know, uh, I actually thought he played pretty well considering we couldn't get anything going on the ground, uh, considering that he's a freshman against a top 10 defense. Uh, so, you know, thank you for, you know, holding it down and keeping us in the game. And thank you, defense. Uh, even more for for holding it down and keeping us in the game. And thank you, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, look, the defense definitely came out and did its thing. But, y'all, I don't know if y'all had ever seen a game where one player had impacted the trajectory of the outcome the way that Spencer Sanders did whenever he came in. I mean, this dude came in and it seemed like receivers started catching better. <laughs> it seems like the old line started blocking better. You know, there's an old adage where they say a receiver is only as good as his quarterback and a quarterback is only as good as his offensive line. But I think that what Spencer was able to show here was whenever he came in, not only were people playing with more confidence, but the old line knew that, hey, I don't have to be perfect for all of four seconds in order for this thing to for this play to get executed. Spencer was able to ad lib. Spencer was able to roll out of the pocket and he was able to make decisions a lot faster on some of those throws. It was honestly one of the most shocking things that I've ever seen from, you know, quarters, you know, before Spencer got in to when he got in. And uh, it felt like, okay. This is the captain of the team and the team goes as number three goes. It was exciting to see that. And even afterwards, when he said, hey, look, I'm playing this week, no matter what, loved every every part of it. It was very close. It was ugly. And I think a lot of Oklahoma, I was not alone in the Oklahoma State fans who were like biting their nails at the end because Iowa State's driving with a chance to win the game. They ended up turning it over on downs after a Colin Oliver sack with 19 seconds left. But we were all texting during that. And Eve, you were calm, cool, and collected. Like, let them give up the plays. Get them big up the plays. And I'm like, no, they need to make the stop sooner. So, like, what were your thoughts on the <laughs> defensive play calling on that last Iowa State drive? Yeah, look, for me, Oklahoma State's defense has always been a bend but don't break type of defense. Okay, maybe there were two years where it wasn't that, but for the most part, it's a bend but don't break type of defense, especially this year. So as Iowa State was marching down the field um, towards the end of the game, I just thought to myself, okay, earlier in the game, there were we caught some breaks, okay, because they, they, they got some big plays off uh, over the top. 
on us, on our secondary. So I just said to myself, hey, keep the secondary deep. Don't give up the cake for the cookies, okay? So as long as we could keep everything up front, once we get to the red zone, whenever there's a shorter field for them to actually work with, that's when we can get more creative with the blitz packages, and that's when we can get more aggressive with the press coverage, right? So, hey, I'm good with a deep zone all the way down to the end zone. Maybe you'll catch a break, maybe you won't. But whenever it's time to really not break, I kind of have some faith in, uh, you know, the defense's ability to just, all right, let's strap it up because earlier in the game, they were able to show that, hey, we can actually cause five turnovers, in which they did. Five turnovers, but only three points. Hey, <laughs> look, <laughs> every, hey, every turnover they got, you should have seen me yelling at the screen, go score, go score. That's the only thing I'm looking for because I just don't, I didn't know what the offense was going to be capable of doing. It, Really, that's probably the most unique game I've ever seen in that aspect because if you get turnovers, you're probably going to get some points. And yeah. it just happened to be that it was against a top 10 defense in the country. And it happened to be that we had a freshman at quarterback. We happened to have injuries on the offensive line. We just happened to have the struggling running game. And that's pretty much the reason why. But I feel like if that were to happen against any other team, and it wasn't against Iowa State's defense. We're scoring a lot more points. If that happens against OU this week, we're blowing them out. But we'll get to that. Yeah, let's get let's get five turnovers this week. That would be amazing. Five turnovers and what would that be? 35 points. Five turnovers, 35 points. That's a touchdown per turnover. I want nothing less. Yes. But the game was hey, ugly. Guys. Go for two on some of those. I we'll okay. score more than 40. Right. Let's go. All right. Well, with that, what's what's eight times five? 40? Let's go. 35 to 40. We'll we'll take it. But the game was ugly. The uniforms, however, were not mm. all blacks this week for the for the blackout. I don't think the blackout was as effective in the daytime, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. And Justin, you requested, you were a fan of all blacks. You requested that we we debate some of the best all black uniforms in college football. Yeah, because nobody does it better than Oklahoma State. You already know what number one is going to be. And this is the top tier. Everybody else that we're talking about, you know, you tried, but are you biased? Let's talk, let's talk about let's talk about runner ups. You, you can call it bias if you want, but if you really do look at it just side by side, Oklahoma State just does it the best. All right. Who else you got? Who else? Eve, do you have any? Who 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 would you yeah, put up there? Yeah, absolutely. I loved a couple of weeks ago whenever SMU came out with their and they premiered their all black uniforms. I don't know if I'm biased because I'm I'm from Dallas and they had the D on the helmets. I loved everything about it. But as much as I love OSU's and it's definitely top two. Okay, I think they're the second best all black uniforms in the country. My personal favorites, University of Washington. Okay, the Washington Huskies, when they come out in the all black with the matte black helmet and the purple sleeves and the gold trim on the numbers, hey, there is nothing sexier in the country. Even whenever they come out with the gold helmets with with those same things, I don't know. There's something about that color combination that they are working with that to me is just uh, chef's kiss. I'm a sucker for a matte black helmet. I'd have to agree with you. They're in my top three. Uh, I would say maybe barely Boise gets a slight edge because Boise's on my list. Nice. Yeah. See, I love that blue chrome that they're able to mix in with it. It's just something about it. I don't know, but it just gets that slight edge over the purple and gold. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny because Boise 
Washington. These guys don't really have black in their school colors, so they're trying. We get it. But, you know, uh, I I do like Missouri, what they've got going. Uh, but they're just kind of, you know, just outside the top three. So remember whenever black uniforms became a thing, I think it was like the University of Oregon kind of started the trend with all their dynamic uniforms. But then quickly, Oklahoma State came on board with our all black unis and just immediately jumped over. Oregon. And we're like, yeah, yeah, these these are the best all black unis. And then of course, everybody has to have their all black combinations now, including the Washington commanders in the NFL. I'm like, I don't know about that one. (laughs) I did like the the commander's helmet last night though. That maroon helmet, that was pretty, pretty nice, but we're sticking to college football. And before we move on, I was looking up all black unis because I mean, you see them and you like them, but I am not a uniform connoisseur like Justin is. And I can't just like go into my little Rolodex and pick out like on (laughs) November 17th, 2015 we wore this combo but uh the the maryland 2012 black ops uniforms okay had a hand-painted helmet the number details kind of had the maryland flag in it Mm -hmm. go look it up if you don't know what i'm talking about they are slick i know i'm a sucker for the little designs i I know exactly which uniforms you're talking about there's something about seeing an under armor logo on a jersey that just turns me off all the way i don't like seeing that, <laughs> yo, I'm sorry, everybody at Under Armour, but my goodness, like if it ain't Nike, it just don't feel right. Well, what about Adidas? So you don't like Adidas either? Adidas might be worse. Wow. Okay. So Eve only likes all black Nike uniforms. That has been and and Jumpman logo. Unless I like, right? yeah, but which okay. you know, by the way, there's only one Jumpman allowed in each conference. But now that there's all this conference realignment going on, there's not going to be a Jumpman logo in the Big Twelve. Hey, somebody's got to take that with with Oklahoma leaving. All right, hey, t- talk to Chad Weiberg. Me? Chad Weiberg, come on, man, let's get that Jumpman, baby. Come on. Do you think OU would really? Pa- I mean, it's not up to them, but like, do you really want to take the torch from OU? Like, no. I don't. I don't see us as taking the torch. I just see us joining. You know. We're we're, we're we're in place with Michael Jordan. Who doesn't want to be in that in the hierarchy? There. That is a great segue. You know, we need a jump man in the Big 12 and around the Big 12 this weekend. It was, you know, not not the, the most exciting weekend, but it is exciting. Talking about the defense bending, not breaking safety. Kendall Daniels, the redshirt freshman, he was named Big 12 newcomer of the week, created yes, two sir. turnovers and a game high 10 tackles. He also leads the Big 12 freshman interceptions, tackles, solo tackles, tackles for loss and passes defended. And yeah, what a stud leads all FBS freshmen in interceptions. Guys, I know we've kind of given our secondary some tough love this season. Are they on the up and up? I'll say this. The fact that Kendall Daniels is a freshman is huge for the program because, you know, that just speaks volumes to even the recruits out there that are maybe a top talented defensive player that you can come in and make an immediate impact like that. Uh, it's starting off your co- collegiate career. Uh, Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad are going to be yeah. coming back as seniors. That's going to be huge, huge, huge for us um, because we see the impact of whenever uh, our top guys leave. And so whenever they do come back, uh, you know, I mean, of course, we're going to miss guys like Jason Taylor next year. Uh, Sean Michael Flanagan, he comes in every once in a while and helps out in big ways. So, uh, you know, we got to have those guys come up. And in that sense, yeah, I believe we're on the up and up. 
Yeah, I, I think there's a skewed perception in the secondaries within the Big 12, and it's mostly because the offensive play callers in our conference just aren't afraid to let it rip and to take the long shots. And I think that's a conversation amongst coaches, even across other conferences. They'll say there's something about those Big 12 coaches that just, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's ingrained within the conference, but they take more risk and the more daredevils. I love that Kendall Daniels is coming into his own. Whenever he was a four-star recruit coming out, whenever we landed him, I was like, all right, you know, I love my DBs and to see him coming into his own is nothing short of spectacular. Kendall Daniels, Jabbar Muhammad, Jason Taylor, everybody in that secondary, I think that they deserve a lot more props than they're getting and numbers don't tell the full story. More Big 12 news. TCU remains undefeated. They hung on to win against Texas in Austin, 17 10, clinched their spot in the Big 12 championship. They're one of four unbeaten teams remaining in FBS with Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. Guys, do you think that we will see them in the final CFP rankings in the top four? Will Big 12 be represented in this year's playoffs? Justin thought we were crazy last week whenever uh, Nehemiah and I both picked TCU to win. He was like, what? Yeah, I'm telling you, man, TCU is the real deal. And honestly, um, as much as I would like to see them actually go and represent the Big 12 Conference in the playoffs, I just hope that we get to that title game and smack them. That's the only thing that I'm hoping for because I am, hey, I bleed orange. I'm sorry. Man, so I don't know if it would happen. And TCU seems to be getting stronger as the season progresses. They had their bye week back in week three before Oklahoma State. And we were wishing we could like break up some of these games to have a bye week. They don't even care. They're getting stronger. I thought B. John Robinson was going to expose them, run all over them. They held him to 29 yards rushing. That's, That's an NFL running back. And yeah. these guys are making a statement. They deserve to be on the, in the playoff. And I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go and upset Georgia in hopes to go win a national championship. But they absolutely deserve to be in the playoff conversation as of right now. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Eve that you're hoping that we can go into the Big 12 championship and smack them. Need a lot of help. I think that West Virginia is going to be we're, everyone is going to be huge West Virginia fans. They defeated yep. OU last week. They host K State this week. K State is sitting in second place after in the Big 12 after defeating Baylor 31 to three. Adrian Martinez left last week's game with an injury, and it looks like Will Howard will be the starter moving forward. They said that they had a conversation within their program, and everyone feels comfortable with him not taking the redshirt year, and he's playing really well. So, I mean, how do we feel about our chances of making it to the, the Big 12 championship? It is an uphill battle, but hopefully West Virginia can get the job done this week. I have zero faith. <laughs> In West Virginia. I know that sometimes <laughs> crazy things can happen in Morgantown, but Kansas State, man, they're just a fun team. I think they go in there, handle their business, lock up the spot. As much as I would love to see Oklahoma State move on and get to another Big 12 championship, after all that's happened this year, I hate to say it, we don't deserve it. Um, it's just tough breaks, you know, and that just happens. That's life. You gotta you gotta move on for it. There's still a ton to play for. So just take it one week at a time. We'll see what happens. But gun to my head, bro, West Virginia is not gonna beat Kansas State. Don't get your hopes up. 
Yeah. Don't you hate whenever you rely on other teams to do their job so that we can get in? It's like one of the worst feelings ever. Now, with that being said, you never know how things are going to shake out. I personally am going to be listening to John Denver all week long, singing them country roads, take, take me, me home. home. Come on. I need West Virginia to Mountain do their mama. thing. Mountain mama. Hey, let me tell you something. I am burning my couch. Okay. If West Virginia beats Kansas state this weekend, come on, do us a solid West Virginia. Take care of business. I like my couch, but I will come to Texas and help you burn yours. If West Virginia does the job and then West Virginia needs to calm down next week when we play them, because, you know, we cannot, you know, win this week and then end your season on a loss and still one week. We need that for one week. West Virginia. That's it. And then we need Kansas next week, but we'll, we'll, we won't count our chickens before before they hatch. Uh, but the game of the week, I don't care what Feinbaum says. I think this is the game of the week in college football. The biggest rivalry on TV this week. It is Bedlam week, which also Let's means go. OU hate week. I know we love OU hate week. You guys have had a different experience because you have been involved in Bedlam as a player. What is this week like as a player at Oklahoma State? You know, what's interesting is you don't feel it as much actually like within the locker room. I know that there are certain players who, you know, like more than on a normal week, players are talking more trash about the other team. Right now, with that being said, you feel it from everybody else in the facility. I'm talking about the staff. I'm talking about the coaches. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. I'll never forget in 2011 whenever we were playing OU in order to win the Big 12 title and clinch a spot in, you know, the BCS or Fiesta Bowl, I guess. That year, for the most part, the entire season, everybody kept their composure on the sideline. But there was something about that game where the players were ruling the game even more so than the coaches. Whenever we started gaining some steam, I'll never forget Johnny Thomas, number 12, yelling at the offense as they were on the field. F them mother effers, put your foot on their neck, make sure that you, hey, step on the gas, don't let up. And that was contagious across the entire sideline. It was personal that year. Like, I'm, like I'll never forget that moment because you know that there tends to be, you know, for whatever reason in Bedlam, maybe the coaches were played a little more conservative whenever we gain a lead. That game, the players took over. They're like, yo, forget what these coaches say. We're going to make sure that we're going to be aggressive and we're going to make sure that we they're they going to feel us in every single play. And man, I love that type of energy. 2011 was one of the most memorable Bedlams that I've ever been a part of. Um, and then the following year, I think, was a year where we got really close. Bell Dozer was there. Justin Gilbert almost had an interception that was going to seal the game. But I remember whenever he uh, he he dropped that pick, everything felt deflated. Oh, my. The entire stadium, including the sidelines, we were like, oh, my gosh. But um, there's something about that Bedlam game that just it, it's just a little more personal, you know, and I love to have those bragging rights, especially if we can do it back to back years. So the scout team players always have to wear the opponent's jersey color the week that we're playing right. whoever. And I don't know what it is, but every time I put on crimson, I died a little inside. It was terrible. I can wear purple, blue, green. It doesn't matter. You know, it's it's no big deal. I'll wear it. But when I have to wear a shade of red, I'm just disgusted. Facts. And that year, we had a bye week before OU, so we had to wear it for two weeks. And I just remember thinking... This is all going to be worth it if we can just beat OU. 
and I'll be happy. And we did. And I was happy. I don't have to wear like orange or anything for my, my job when I do stories for Oklahoma state, but they don't have any dress code rules with the exception of, I am not allowed to wear red on camera. And I wore this dress one time and it was purple and like Navy blue and it's definitely purple. And one of my bosses was like, Oh, Meg did a great job with that, but tell her not to wear that dress again. And I was like, but it's purple. I swear it's purple. And she's like, is it? And I think the way it was lit, it looked a little bit redder, more crimson, but I was like, I swear it's purple. I don't really own red. I would never do that. So I understand. Yeah. You, you, you know, what's red. so interesting is, you know, in that bedlam game, I remember every single year while I played during Bellum, look, I've always been active on Twitter, right? Basically since the beginning, I'll go and I'll talk trash, like just banter back and forth with opposing teams, players. It's all in, in fun and game, but OU fans would just go overboard and just say some things that were just a little too personal. And there's just, I don't know, man, like what's up with these freaking degenerate human beings that live in Norman, Oklahoma, but that feel like they can talk to you however they want online. And I'm just like, yo, we got to give you what's coming to you every single time we play y'all. So yeah, it just, mm, they just, that knife just twists a little, a little more whenever it comes to that, that other school. One of, one of the favorite things to come out of this week was definitely, I, I sent you guys the tweet about what Gundy said at his press conference and talking about how players, they have, you know, friends at Norman and with social media, these guys go to camps together, all the, this, that, and the other. But he said that when he was at Midwest city, they did not talk to people from Dell city. They tried to take their girls instead. And I just think that that <laughs> is like an incredible, like Gundy has been on fire with press conference bites this season. Did you guys have friends in Norman when you played here or was that uh, completely yeah. off limits? No, I definitely did. All right. I grew Are up about still 20 minutes. So here's the deal. I grew up about 20 minutes from Norman and I went to Westmore High School. And I don't really know what Gundy was talking about going after the rivals girls. The Moore girls were ugly. All right. <laughs> Westmore was where it was at. But anyway, when it came to OU, I had several friends that went to OU. Uh, there was even former teammates at Westmore that went to OU and whenever we played them it was kind of like all right I'm just going to hate everybody on their team except for my guy and you know my mindset whenever I played shifted a little bit because I was kind of like man these guys go through the workouts they just happen to be wearing the wrong jersey color I, I got to give them my respect you know they're going through all this stuff too but at the same time I see that stupid logo on their helmet and I'm just like I can't stand them so at the point where we beat OU, of course, I go find my guy, shake his hand or whatever. And then at that point, you know, the crowd's on the field. So I had, you know, just riding the waves. But uh, <laughs> it was just like, man, like it was just so good to beat OU. And I just I want that for I want that for everybody on this team multiple times. And especially since we're not going to be playing them in the future. But uh, I don't know about you, Eve. You came from from Dallas. So I don't know if you had any friends, but that was kind of my experience, maybe a little unique since I was so close to Norman growing up. Yeah. I had zero friends that attended UO, which by the way, they call themselves a the university of Oklahoma, but their initials are OU. Like, why are y'all illiterate? Y'all are supposed to be a higher education institution. Anyway, I don't have any friends at UO. And I remember in that locker room, it was Jamie Blatnick. I remember specifically him saying, 
I don't know anybody at UO and I don't want to ever know anybody at UO. Okay. And that, that's exactly how I felt now, years since I've met a lot of people who went to that school and um, I try my best not to like them. Like I, I will like purposely go into meeting them. Like, yo, I, I just don't want to like this individual, but you know, I, I've, I've made some friends along the way that have, uh, they've been, I, they've been, I was there. You know, I, I have a friend who went to South Carolina and like Clemson was never even, a, an option for her and some people get kind of like would you have ever considered going to Oklahoma or was that not a thing not me not me I had a kind of a journalism teacher that was a very big Sooner fan and uh she saw my talent and you know I was like I'm taking this talent to Stillwater don't even try it but we actually had like a journalism competition out of you. She's trying to recruit me. Like they've got a great journalism program. You'll love it there. Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I can't do it. I was on, I was on campus. My skin was crawling. I was like, I just, I, I cannot see myself here. And, uh, you know, just yeah. held, held strong and went to the right school. Yeah. I grew up in the state of Texas and growing up, my family was always just about education before anything else. Right. I didn't know anything about the recruiting process that you could even get a scholarship to play collegially. I didn't know that. So my thing was always, hey, get you an academic scholarship. So I always wanted to get an academic scholarship to the University of Texas. That was it. I went to Oklahoma State on an academic scholarship and then eventually earned a football scholarship. But I was a Texas fan growing up. Like I was a UT guy and automatically, of course, being a UT guy, I didn't like Oklahoma. So as I got in, entrenched into the Oklahoma State culture, started bleeding orange, got to know Cowboy Nation, that hatred for them grew even more and more. Uh, there was never any point that I wanted to attend that and, and wear that god-awful red, ugh, that, what, what they call that, that crimson? I don't even know what you, that maroon, ugh, I don't even want to What the heck is a Sooner anyway? Isn't it literally a bandwagon? The majority of their fans nah. didn't even, yeah, it's, whatever. It's it's a cheater. It's a land run <laughs> cheater. And wouldn't you know it, uh, a bunch of cheaters down there. So Yeah, I believe it, man. Fun, fun fact about me is the first time I ever came to the state of Oklahoma was for a shoot at OU. So that's mm. that was my my first ever experience in Oklahoma. And I went to Chewy's and got Mexican food after. So yeah, I hope that you wore a mask <laughs> and I hope that you took a shower right after you left. Uh, you got to hold your breath whenever you drive through that city. You got to take all necessary precautions. I literally went from the airport to the school, to the hotel, to the school, to the airport. So it was, I limited my, my time there. Um, and I will say even growing up in the Northeast, I could not care less about either school. Like I had no affiliation with either, but I always was cheering for Oklahoma state because orange is my favorite color and I like the go. underdog. So, and I'm here now, you know, I'm, I'm up in Stillwater and not down. You made it there. to the good side. I love I it. I did. I did. And I would love to keep talking and hearing your, oh, you hate weak stories, your Bedlam stories. But let's get to the game, guys. This is this is a different feel for Bedlam this year. You know, last year it was teams fighting for the Big 12 championship to stay within the CFP conversation. This year it's playing a little bit more for pride, but I'm still very nervous. Uh, Spencer Sanders, we mentioned earlier. He said there's no way he's not playing against OU last last week. The team really rallied when he came in the game. Uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, I asked if Spencer Sanders was the best player in the Big 12, and I don't think he is. However, 
I 100% think that he is the most valuable. So how will having Spencer in this game help the morale of not just the offense, but the entire Oklahoma State team? Yeah, I mean, we saw a little glimpse of it last week. Um, it was just, we were so down. Body language was bad. Uh, and then all of a sudden Spencer comes in and it's kind of just this huge boost of confidence. Just been there, done that. Let's go do it again. Uh, business as usual. So uh, I expect to see that again. And of course, it's great that Spencer Sanders already has a Bedlam win under his belt. Uh, very much the exact same thing. Been there, done that. Let's go do it again. Yeah, more than anything else, it is all mental. Like You have to make sure that you are mentally locked in. And for a guy who has actually won this game in this rivalry in the past, you take a 20 TD and five interception ratio in the last 369 pass attempts. I mean, look, the confidence has got to be there for everybody on the team whenever number three is on that field, right? He's a gamer. And that X factor of him being able to use his arm and be able to use his legs makes all the difference in this game. It's just hard to game plan against. So, um, it's it's not just what he does for the offense, but I think special teams and defense even play a lot better whenever they know number three is back there taking the snaps. Again, not playing for a CFP, a potential CFP berth, but what is at stake in this game? I think for me, it's going to be like the culture of Oklahoma state is really here in the balance. Like these guys, OU is down, down, down bad this year. And if you can't beat your rival, like when they're down, that's not good. Uh, so I think there's a uh, maybe a little bit more pressure going into this game than there was initially because of how bad they were playing. Um, of course, players don't care about that stuff. Coaches shouldn't. Uh, just go and handle business. Take care. Take care of business, and uh, just get out of there with a win. That's all we're asking. Just get a win. Contractually that school is still in the big 12 conference until, you know, next year. Right. But realistically, they're probably going to be leaving after this season is over. So if you get the chance to beat them in their last two season in the big 12 conference, the whole state of Oklahoma will rub that in their faces for oblivion, right. For the foreseeable future. We don't know when we're going to be able to play them again, but you can have that last bragging right. And you'll be able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we beat y'all the last two years that, that we could play y'all. When we beat y'all so bad that y'all decided to run away and yeah. go over to, you know, to the SEC. So, come on, we need them bragging rights. We would have kept doing it year after year, but you decided to run away. So. And, and not to mention, it sends a message for who's going to be the top dog whenever those two schools leave the Big 12 Conference. All right, Oklahoma State is here to stay, and we're here to set the tone for what the Big 12 is going to look like. And with that, guys, game picks. Picks with Bix, the best boy ever, picked Oklahoma State this week. And if he Bix. didn't, I might have had to look for an alternative home until at least, you know, <laughs> next next Monday. But he John picked. Bix. And I will admit, guys, going into this podcast, I, I, I would never pick OU. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Even if we got beat by every team by 70 points, would not pick OU. But I was going to say I'm nervous. But after hearing your stories and getting fired up, I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the pokes. You guys have swayed me to feel more confident, less nervous. Think it might be close or maybe it'll be a blowout. I don't, you know, one way or the other, but I, I I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot better after talking to you. So let's go pokes. Come on. Whenever you look at the different press conferences between the different head coaches, you can just see 
One of them feels defeated. The other one just feeling a little loose, got a swagger in there. They asked Coach Gundy, hey, what would it be like if you would have committed to OU? What did he say? I'd probably be the head coach over there right now. I loved that answer, right? Yeah, I would have I would have stepped on your turf and I would have taken it over. So I'm picking Oklahoma State. They're stepping in there with the confidence. 35 to 24. Go pokes. I love it. And you know, I kind of like to compare this to the last game that we saw. So Iowa State, top 10 defense. OU, not so much. Iowa State's offense was terrible. And Oklahoma State's defense did a great job and got some confidence heading into Bedlam. So I think that's going to play a little bit of a part. I am not worried, but curious to see how Oklahoma State responds to being on the road as they have lost their last three road games. However, OU does not necessarily have the biggest home field advantage presence. Um, So I am very confident in Oklahoma State especially if Spencer Sanders is going to play the whole game. Like I said, if we get five turnovers like we did last week, it will be an absolute blowout, which I would love to see. Uh, And, you know, why not? All right. Oklahoma State, 49 to nothing. (laughs) I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And finally, guys. Uniform predictions. I, you know, I just is going my gut this week. I have, you know, they're wearing the white jerseys because they're away. But you know, I'm just going all whites, all whites with Pistol Pete on the helmet. Big Pistol Pete. Big nice. Big Pete. That that's my gut gut instinct. Yeah, we're gonna be out here in prime time. Look, I like keeping our classic away uniform with the white, white, orange. Okay, white, white, orange. Now, with that being said, I think that um, the helmet, the pistol Pete is going to be the what's it? The Phantom Pete. We just haven't seen. You keep saying Phantom Pete every week. Look, if I keep saying it, it's going to come true. It's going to come true. I need the Phantom Pete with the white, white, orange. And let me tell you something. It's all going to come down to how they accessorize it to make it look the right way. The best accessories that I've ever seen on an Oklahoma State football player was Justin Gilbert year in and year out, week in and week out. Hey, uniform Heisman every single week with the sleeves. He just knew how to do it right. He could teach a course on uniforms and and make a lot of money on that. But uh, yeah, white, white, orange for me. I'm going with black, white, orange with the Cursive Cowboys, mostly because of how we beat OU last year in the black Cursive Cowboys paired with the black jersey and orange pants. Uh, So I think we're going to have the same helmet and pants as that game and just have the road version of that which is exactly what we wore against notre dame in the fiesta bowl Mm. and we we came out on top on that game so i think there's some good juju with that uniform combo might be on to something there i like it well only time will tell we will see on saturday and can't can't wait to see when we're all wrong and there's gray in there or something but (laughs) it'll be good it'll be great cannot wait well Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Once again, I am Megan Robinson, joined by my co-hosts, Justin Southwell and Eve Fatoba. Not much else to say, but go Pokes! Go Pokes! Go Pokes! Beat OU!